Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. An Erio's original. Welcome to Foxy Browns. I'm Brianka. And I'm Camilla. And this is a podcast that navigates beauty and wellness from our perspectives as women of color. This week, like every week, we're talking stuff and things, tips and tricks, and deconstructing Western beauty standards. And we are joined by special guest, Minhal Baig. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me here. Yes, of course. Minhal is a prolific... I mean, you can introduce yourself, but I would rather do it. (laughs) (laughs) She's a prolific writer and director who took a beautiful film called Hala to Sundance last year? This year. This year. It's a coming-of-age story about a Muslim teen in America, and she's also which I love, an incredibly enthusiastic and helpful online presence to young women of color following their dreams. Oh, that's so touching. You're like, hey, is there anything you want That's the best. I, I mean, that's really like, I think that's what I was drawn to before I like really knew, we, before yeah. we had met. I was like, who's this wonderful young lady who's just like, go make stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She sounds I like me. Yeah. yeah. Well, you don't, time. you have less time now. well that's also how i met you as well you know just you know i'd followed you on twitter because i'd heard you know the about your film Mm -hmm. and you as a director and uh i think there was some frustration that you were expressing uh um with um there not being as many um you know kind of welcoming environments to creative women of color in the film industry and so you basically you know, I, so I saw on Twitter in real time as you put together this like writer's workshop. Oh, that was so much fun. And, yeah. and, it was, and it was this very like, and just watching this whole thing play out. And he's basically, you're just kind of seeing, you just basically get on a phone going, just like, hey, I'm going to do a workshop. I'm going to do it at my house. Who wants to come and join? Who wants to come and join? Who wants to be in this workshop? It's like, oh, industry people. Who wants to come and talk at this workshop? You know, help these people. You know and what I'm going to say about all three of us? We all hate people talking about things instead and, of yeah, doing them. Doing, yeah. It drives me insane Insane. yeah and clearly (laughs) i think accurate yeah yeah from your energy it's like stop talking about just do it yeah just do something make something write something be something like come over to my house i'll teach you how to write and that was it it's just like (laughs) saw you do do this thing so quickly over like the space of a few days it felt like and um it was just like all right if you're a writer or a director or a producer like come and you know do you want to come and like you know talk at this thing and kind of i was like yeah i'll come and fucking do this so just great. Really great and it was wonderful and it you know not only was it wonderful to come and like meet you and spend some time with you and kind of you know and get to you know um you know know some of the things that you were working on and your kind of creative sensibilities but then also to kind of meet the um the women that you had kind of gathered as well who are you know you know burgeoning writers and directors and um but all have you know just incredible voices and incredible things to say and um yeah and um it was such a it was actually like such a thing that I'd always like wondered why there aren't like labs that are specifically geared toward women of color because I feel like it's a specific group and it's not like usually there's like the minority or the diversity workshop and I still feel like women of color get to be a part of it but they're not there's not things that are geared 
Yeah, they're not centered around them. And I, you know, like you were saying, I don't like when we just talk about things. And it was like, well, how much, what does it mean to have a workshop? Or what does it mean to like help people? And I feel like the thing that I'm, that I thought about what I would have liked to do if I was like new in town and I didn't really have a lot of relationships, but like I wanted to focus on story and the craft of it and not so much on the, you're underprivileged and here like, yeah, <laughs> here are the ways in which you can strategize and like make yourself appealing to Hollywood. Instead, it was like, actually be able to focus stories? on your craft yeah, and what your actual are your art. Like, yeah, that's the yeah. thing about a lot of these like diversity schemes. It's always like, you poor thing. Mm. You want to come hang out for a little while and meet like a casting director? And you're like, no, I just want to. I want to develop my voice and I right. want to like refine the things that I want to say and how I want to say yeah. them. And that's a luxury that's often kind of afforded to um, to white creatives because it's like, here's this free room to kind of figure it out and make creative mistakes. And, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Mm-hmm. and whereas part of our creative development is you know, a large part of it is just like, oh, how do you even sustain yourself um, yeah. to how even you have a, you? Like, well, how do you make a just, living? Not just how to make a living, but also like retain and develop your voice as you experience rejection and people not necessarily understanding your work um, and also not having the same kind of access to opportunities, yeah. you know, or mentorship because... Yes. Or a I, network. Or network, yeah. So it was kind of like, how do I bring all those things together? And that was why I liked it so much was that I was just like, well, you just need a space and you need a group of... You need like a peer group and you need some access to people. But the point isn't necessarily like, here's a bunch of contacts. Right. It's more like develop your voice because the point is the thing you're working on and mm-hmm. the people that you're surrounding yourself with that's all important, but developing your voice in a safe place. Mm-hmm. And that was like when they left, I think that was the, when they left on the Saturday, cause you came and spoke and spoke to them on Friday. Yeah. yeah. That Saturday when they all left, I almost wept because Aww. it was such a beautiful experience to have all these women at my house. And I also kicked Mike out for the weekend. <laughs> so there was like no men. For like oh, the first it's very it's nice. Great. It was just, I, felt like oh I've never myself been in their shoes where I got to be on like oh I get to be a part of something it was nice to be just create that for other people and now they're on like a group list together and some of them are doing really well it just that's so great there's something so wonderful about where I mean I have to say like the whole thing the whole founding areas thing was totally because of uh, because of that for a long time like I didn't have to deal with any men and it was lovely (laughs) and like the other day I don't remember I had one meeting with him it wasn't a meeting I went into um drop up drop off a rent check and I was like, why are you talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused. Because for months and months and months, it had been a, like a lady party. And everyone was so efficient and warm and friendly and loving. And women, I mean, come on. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know. Them. The one landlord. Them. It was lovely. <laughs> That's a new normal you created for yourself. Yeah. To not have to. It's pretty yeah, great. So I still you, have to in my writing life. Like I still, yeah. yeah but there, I, try to work, I try to work with allies, but you know. What can you do? They're not women. Um, Now, I don't know what your relationship with beauty stuff is, but we like to start out with stuff and things, which is um, anything you bought that made you feel good or any service or any sort of like self-care situation that you might have found yourself in in the last like few weeks, Um, whether you got a great massage or like whether you like meditated or whether you anything really, anything you can think of. I think health kind of fits into that. Yes, yeah. Yeah. it absolutely, absolutely does. Beauty and wellness. 
I uh, started doing. <laughs> this is going to sound kind of gross, no. but it's not. We've, we've covered. Right, we've so covered gross. Minute, minute, minute. This will change your life. We, we, um, did you hear our poop episode? <laughs> because there was a whole poop episode. There. This thing, I've started doing nasal rinses. Oh yes, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I the pot swears by these. The Nate pot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm waterboarding myself, but he loves them. I think these, they have to come out the right way. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I'm doing it. I'm definitely, the, the issue is me. It's yeah, not yeah, the nasal. There's like a degree of like getting the hang of it and getting over the fact that it's kind Mm of uh it's kind of gross on the outset but then (laughs) i started doing them i went to see an ent and i was Ah. like hey my allergies are out of control and they're like have you tried nasal rinses and i've talked to doctors before and i'm always like no no no, i'm not doing that yeah and then she was like no just try it it's also an (laughs) indian thing i know it's totally indian and it's like yeah. Why have I avoided this? And it's because, because I, it's Indian. Well, because I believe, like in my brain, it just feels like, oh, this is like some kind of like fake yeah, thing, yeah. and or it's not going to work for me. Yeah. And I am the exception. Also, so I love like CVS trying to convince me that the name Netty Pot is something that belongs to them. Yeah. Which yeah, is no, very, very And I'm like, this feels like you've appropriated this. Yes, but exactly. Like, <laughs> I mean, people have been doing this for thousands, for thousands of, years. of years. It's like such, it's a practice. Mm-hmm. I mean, practice, it's all over the world. Mm. But I think for people who suffer from severe allergies like myself, I just didn't really i was i've always been taking like medication yeah allergy medication you're a skeptic really. I'm, I'm skeptic. as one should be as, as yeah which is reasonable but then i started doing them and i've been doing them twice a day which is like sounds wow. like a lot wow. but i'm telling you guys changed everything it's like night and day wow like so what I did you feel it? like before and what do you feel like now right so i wake up yeah i wake up i do heat the water put mm-hmm. it in the net, neti pot and i do it right put before some I salt in there yeah the there's like a okay. salt pack it's a okay. salt saline solution okay. yeah which mm-hmm. like they sell you in these packets where they're like you have to buy these but like you truly could you, you just figure use out the make sure you could probably do it yourself um, yeah i don't want to be responsible for people burning the inside of their noses so mm-hmm. like don't don't do it without doing research absolutely but i do i do it now before work and then right before I go to sleep uh-huh. and it's just like I can breathe wow and like I'm a severe allergy sufferer like pollen trees everything, everything. and it's like amazing how it helps improve sleep and just like mood you don't I don't have like hay fever um, something that's like hard in our like this line of business when you're in a writer's room and if you are just constantly sniffling and feeling yeah. like crap like everyone's like treats you like a they leper. will not talk. Yeah. Like yeah, they're like, get out of here. They won't talk yeah. to you because they're trapped yeah. in these horrible little kind of like rooms with no air conditioning. They're hard. They're yeah. absolutely relentless. They're like, what yeah. are we having for lunch? Why don't you go out for lunch? Yeah, <laughs> just you. With the netty potting, there is one safety thing that I feel I should alert people to: is that you do need to make sure that your water that you use is sterile. Yes, yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have you, to boil it. Yeah. You must boil it, and um, or use like filtered tap water. You um, see the kettle the night before, right? Um, yeah, you yeah. must. Yeah, yeah, it must be clean. That's why the saline is also important because yes, you can Wait get a, a flesh eating bacteria. Wait yeah, you can die. You can die. It'll go in your brain. My my privilege um, led me to believe that everyone has an electric kettle, but that's not a thing, that's is a, it? That's like a very British Indian. That's a very well, British I thing. I the yeah. Kettle. yeah, the kettle. But again, but like, that's a British Indian thing. Sort of kettle, I, I was yeah, like, Wait we have them. It was very. I posted something about tea the other day you on Instagram 30 like it two minutes. Was, yeah just wait and then my my cousin um <laughs> messaged me on Instagram she's like 
is it true that Americans don't have kettles? Savages. And I was just like, yeah, it's true. It's weird. Savages. It's what? It's super well, what do they do? They just boil it on a, in a pot? What is it? No, or they have a stovetop yeah. kettle yeah. as opposed to an electric yeah. kettle. Because an electric yeah. kettle will heat up your, like a liter of water in like, in like two, two seconds. Oh, wow. It comes in handy for us. We drink a lot of tea, but also we have a baby. So the water for the formula, we can just like do it the night before. And then the next day we have sterile water. Yeah, that's what I'm. Oh, that's what I do. I just yeah. I just boil a bunch, and it's like just there. Yeah, so. There you go. That's done. It's by an electric kettle and an eighty pot. Amazing. So, so skincare regimen. Let's okay. hear all about so it. I Don't care about it. What was the trait? What triggered this? Because you look great. One, I'm terrified of. I guess I'm. I went on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And oh, I'm well. telling you, that was your first yeah, mistake. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> There's like people my age that I'm like, holy moly, you guys look really young and moisturized. Oh. And like your your skin looks like it had oh, a tall. I see, I see. Like drink of water. No, and yeah, I yeah. was like, what's happening? Like mm-hmm. I've completely avoided. I don't wear makeup mm-hmm. on a daily basis. No. I just don't. And well, it helps that you're also very you don't naturally very, very attractive. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> like, yes. mm-hmm. I've just avoided, and I also think that my avoidance is because, again, it's just my skin is sensitive. I like break out. I have. I Hold it. Like, and the same way. If I have stuff on my skin, it breaks out. Yeah. And there's just certain. I'm very, very nervous uh, about trying things. Mm-hmm. And. I guess I just was like, all right, guy, it's time. Like, maybe I should just do a skincare <laughs> regimen. And I did a lot of research mm-hmm. at first and, like, tried to figure out, like, do I need to spend a bunch of money or can I do this on a mm-hmm. budget? And I figured out, okay, I need to get a cleanser. All right, Cetaphil, Cetaphil great. Mm-hmm. is great. Yes. I use that. Yes. And then I get witch hazel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, and I use it with cotton pads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very porous, um, yes. It's very... Feels very clean. Yes. And then I do a vitamin C serum. Great. Love a vitamin wow. C. That's advanced. It's vitamin Serums C. It's great. intermediate. Look. <laughs> it is. Not, no, it's. Yeah. I'm it's not pretty good. level yet, but I no, feel like I'm impressed. Helps. If uh-huh. you're going to do anything, you know, yeah. uh, you know, if you have any kind of melanin in your skin, um, vitamin C serum is just an yeah. all rounder, spectacular. Um, right. It's great for yeah cell turnover, great for pigmentation, and um, highly highly oh, just recommend. Brightness and yeah. yeah, which one do you use? I use this one by I think it's True Botanical, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think it's course. True so- True something. Great. Um, and I got it cheap. It mm-hmm. was like not expensive. None of this was particularly expensive, no. which was kind of was like surprising. No, you don't need to spend a lot of money. It's just and about like being ritualistic about it. Yeah. yeah. And um and then I have I just got this new thing yesterday actually, which I started using and is magical. What? It's so I followed this dermatologist. Great. Who you which are, one? You are gonna be in it. In like two there was a woman, there was a dermatologist, I'm forgetting her name. She did an article like an article and a video on Allure and I follow Michelle Lee who's like an editor mm-hmm. the editor-in-chief of Allure mm-hmm. and I find she does she reviews a lot of these skincare products and this dermatologist mm-hmm. laid out her entire skincare R- routine, like skincare uh-huh. routine and the one thing she said was she has this um cream it's like the Willeta um the skin, skin food, food. Oh, yes wait That's why don't i mention. know about this yeah. why don't i or someone it brought this up janina brought this magical up. oh mm-hmm. okay you, you it's like so concentrated mm-hmm. you yeah. just dab like literally like this tiny dots mm-hmm. of it all over your face you rub it in and you look at yourself in people the mirror and love like, it oh my god i am so moisturized yeah. adds to cost and yes. then 
And then I put it on like my elbows. No, that's the second boat. Like people use it all over their bodies, and I gotta, I gotta try it out. And How it's a very nice green, right? It's green and a shade of really green. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. How is it? This wait. This is the real price. It's eleven dollars. Yeah. What? Um, I know. Yeah, Janina brought it up. Remember, she said two day prime with her. Maybe <laughs> I did the exactly the same thing. <laughs> I saw in her video. And I was like, this must be expensive. No, Whoa. it's only eleven dollars. Michelle Lee. Where are you? She's a really great. She reviews oh, this a little, lot of yes, makeup. Yes, yes, yes. Follow. Yeah. She's like a. All right. I think she's the editor in chief. She all she does a lot of stuff like this. Great I'm not done. as adventurous. Like we I'm not like to trying her. to do the whole uh-huh. crazy eye make. I'm just like tell me the skincare stuff. That's, but that's it. That's the right. thing. That's the wonderful thing about skincare is that you get to then just opt out of makeup because yeah. Yeah. you um, agree. Just wake up and you're like, oh, I look amazing. No, it's true. <laughs> it's you don't even have to because yeah. people are always like, you don't need makeup. Your yeah. skin is incredible. Yeah. So I now have this um, business, which is like basically I have my tube of like that skin food like in the writer's room and I'm like constantly moisturizing. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't, I used to think like, I don't know that I'm like compulsive about it, but there's mm-hmm. something about that's like calming. Yeah. Sure. About I have something to do other than chew gum and yeah. like make fit, use a fidget spinner or like, mm-hmm. you know, you need like, to do something with your hands. Yeah. It's like very calming. It's like, at least this is productive and I'm, I would agree. Staying no. moisturized. I used to, um, me and Ali Wong would share this organic balm, like moisturizing balm that would kind of serve as our thing to do. Um, she used to buy it from like this farmer's market near her marina. And, um, but again, you just sit there and we're just like, it's like, let's just get into these heels. Yeah, let's just, let's let's just, just work on these heels. Let's just get right in now. here. But yeah, there is something very um, anti-beauty about writer's rooms <laughs> in that they are environments that are created for very slovenly men yeah. and with horrible temperature and air control and fluorescent lighting and just smells, just body smells. Are, are, were your, have your rooms been very cold? Always. Mine are yeah. freezing. All, all yeah. every single room has been freezing. Yeah, absolutely freezing. Yeah. I mean, you read all the research yeah. about that. Women are are um, are are just cold. Like we're just colder. Our amygdalas are smaller, so we don't do temperature regulation in the yeah. same way. And so, um, foundational sexism yeah. is that all offices are regulated <laughs> truly Genuine. to be the temperature that men find comfortable. Yeah. Right. There's a ton of research yeah. out there about that. No, yeah. that makes sense. And yeah. um, women are always cold. Indeed, so indeed. women always bring a sweater or like mm. layers. Yeah. I wear sweaters to you work. It's like yeah. 91 degrees yeah. outside. Yeah, and, yeah, and all the men are just walking around in like yeah. t-shirts. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. I want to talk about, it's not really about a real thing. It's about a, a state of being. There's a very specific, um, our friend Sophie Carter Khan was talking online. And she has this amazing podcast called She's All Fat, which you should all listen to. Um, and she was talking about the state when you me- do either of you meditate. I do a little bit. Okay. So when you meditate or when it's like a practice that you do a lot, there is like a state that you fall into sometimes that feels a little bit like nodding off. <laughs> You're kind of like, yeah, like you feel yeah. yourself jerk and it's incredibly relaxed. And she said it makes her super uncomfortable. And I said, I love it because I'm never relaxed. <laughs> like I'm a very tense, anxious person, an anxious parent with a lot of stuff on my plate. But I have found three things that do it for me. One is transcendental meditation. I get in that zone. Another one is acupuncture. Okay. I always get into that zone during acupuncture. And then the third is a reflexology massage. I love oh, I've got that. Which I, I have only that. recently discovered. Um, I got one at the Connaught. <laughs> 
going at the Connaught Hotel in London. There's an Amman yep. spot. It was insanely expensive. Obviously, I could find one for cheaper, yeah. but this was recommended. You to can me. get a reflexology for massage, like and, yeah, like twenty yeah. to thirty bucks anywhere yeah. in Los Angeles. I would love to hear recommendations yeah. for LA because I've only done it in London, and it was yeah. like a life highlight. Yeah. Now, are you talking about reflexology on your feet? Or on yeah. my feet. Okay. Yeah. Yes. This. What is it? So there is a place actually. It's in Silver Lake. Okay. I mean, you're on the west side. Right? I could drive. Okay. I'm here. So I'm here, place, and I. I'll go on the way home. Hyperion called the Barai Spa. That's like literally the down the street from me. It's called the Barai. B-A-R-A-I. Okay. And it's like right near, remember where we met Lyric Hyperion yes. Cafe? It's like literally on that same street. Right it's there. It's like 30 seconds away. Okay. So for some reason, I don't believe any of it, right? They were like, oh, this tendon is your kidney. Yeah, I don't I And don't your kidney has stuff yeah. in it. Okay. And then this, they just rub your feet. And they're like, and this is your like uterus or whatever. And let's massage <laughs> yeah. it back into place. And you're like, this is all no. crazy. But I feel like I'm on another planet. Yeah. Why does yeah. it feel so good? I think there's something to like localize. I mean, the, the nerve endings. And, you know, yeah. I think there's something that I kind of found more with um, like rehabilitation massage. Mm -hmm. for things and having like injuries in places from working out and then having realizing that that thing is caused by something at the other end Mm -hmm. of my body yeah and you you know your body is one thing and everything is kind of connected but like in a muscular sense right to me it makes sense i understand that and if you're able if you do manipulate one part of the body that your tension starts in one place and um yeah, the first time I ever had a reflexology massage, I went in and it was for another complaint. I was having like a kind of like back issue, but I was also incredibly stressed at the time. I was very, very anxious. And when I had got to the end of the massage, mm-hmm. um, I basically started crying. Yeah. And um, it's crazy. I was like, what is happening? And she was like, well, you walked in and you were breathing very shallow mm-hmm. and you were massively intense. So I basically just manipulated your diaphragm via your what? foot what? to basically release what? your lungs. And at that point, when I realized, I was like, oh, because, yeah, this is the first time I've actually taken a full breath and expanded Where my lungs this? the entire time. This is at a very fancy gym I used to go to in London called The Third Space, okay. which I loved, which was... Um, Sure. So I had a misspent year working for a hedge fund in yes. writing, which <laughs> is very peculiar. Um, but they used to pay for my gym membership at this place called the Third Space, yeah. which is an incredible, beautiful gym in like central London. But it also has its own medical offices. They had an actual GP. Then mm-hmm. they also had, you know, a nutritionist, an osteopath, a chiropractor, a um, and a reflexologist. So I went in and she did this thing and I was then a combat that I do for stress relief. I do it more often. It really there's yeah. a thing I do and it's a genetic thing it's very yeah. strange genetic thing when I'm going to sleep um, I rub my toes yeah. together do you do that? yeah I do yeah. too yeah do you do it? yeah uh, not everyone does it huh. apparently everyone in this room does it my mother does it wow. and my uh, daughter does it my baby daughter no. does it no. which is so strange is it learned yeah. behavior? like she's no. watching yeah. no. no nope it's just something <laughs> that there's like yeah. something there's something right there like on the big toes yeah. Right, my uncle does it too. Yeah. That we find relaxing, or that's that we associate. Actually, with I see a lot of my family members doing it. Yeah, it's, it's like even they're sitting. Be, yeah, it's got to be some kind of. I don't know. I don't know what it is. That's I think there's something. When I got the reflexology massage for the first time, I was. I think it's also that I was surprised. Again, it was more of a mental feeling as I was leaving that yeah. 
It was a space in my body. It's a place in my body that I don't usually have touched. Right. So I think it's just more also like psychological and that like that's not a a body part that you're like people are like touching and yeah. getting that all the yeah, time. And yet it right. carries you all day. Yeah. <laughs> no, is, totally. Yeah. I actually anyway, realized anyway, actually the most the most startling re- uh, reflexology massage I ever had was actually in Vietnam at Christmas. I forget the name of the spa, but I'll put it in the show notes. But it's a massage spa that is staffed solely by um, uh, people who are blind or vision impaired. <gasps> oh my God, you told me about this. And um, a crazy ending. It's, I mean, it's just bong. It's, you know, you go to this mm-hmm. very lovely place in the middle of Hanoi and um, it's this very lovely little like townhouse. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, my friend uh, Ben Wu had told me about it. And so, you know, uh, me and my friends, we kind of went there to like go and have these like incredible massages and also to kind of meet these people. So it's run by this nonprofit who basically train people who are vision right. impaired so that they're able to, you know, basically work and have this reflexology massage that I, at the end of, I basically sat there and cried for 15 straight minutes. It was wow. like the deepest cry that I think I've done in like a few years. I remember years. you texting me. We were texting about something yeah. else and you were like, I just <laughs> cried for like a 15 <laughs> minutes after a massage. I was like, I am on a plane to Vietnam right yeah. now. What is and What was it called? I forget the we'll name of the it. place, but I'll put it in the show notes. Oh, we, but should it's say that we should mention yeah. that we know we go through a lot yeah. of products and yeah. people and services and things. Yeah. So um, if you subscribe to our newsletter yeah. at foxybrownspod.com, we will write everything out for you and link yeah. to everything so no need to take notes while you're driving indeed please stay keep your eyes on the road (laughs) um but yes it was just a very intense experience and it was also just kind of understanding that it was this um this whole relationship between you and the massage therapist who cannot see you and so someone who is intuiting only by touch and it was it was just also this exchange of like receiving assistance from someone who is usually regarded as someone who needs assistance and that was i think also kind of part of it but i mean just yeah yeah, I highly just recommend all it. just all of it. Just so yeah, a lot of if you feelings. want a fifteen-minute cry, go and get some We're reflexology some on your feet feelings. and just get some feelings. Just, <laughs> just do some your real feelings. feelings. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Where did you grow up and how did you get here? That's such a long story. I mean, there must be like a beginning, middle, and end. Let's start the, from the birth canal. Do you want me to t- just tell me the beginning, the middle, no, and the end? No, it's like, well, the beginning was <laughs> I was born. Ah, where? I was born in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, where my family, basically all, my entire family still lives. And what's their background? Well, my parents are immigrants from Pakistan. Mm-hmm. And I, my, my siblings and I, uh, we're born and raised in Chicago. Mm-hmm. We were all born here. Um, and I lived in Chicago up until I was 18. Mm-hmm. I went away to school. This is the long middle. <laughs> <laughs> the short of it is, how did I get here? Where did you go to school? I went to Yale. 
no big deal. No, just a yeah, casual you, you Yale. Asked. You yeah. asked. I always um, ask. I went to Yale. What I did studied, you study? Yeah, mm-hmm. I studied painting. What? Um, I was in the fine arts program. What? Yeah, I thought we just we talked about this. I before. must have forgotten. Yeah, I studied That's painting. That's amazing. So you were you were like, I'm going to study painting, and then I'm going to what? So I studied painting and I studied playwriting too. Mm, so okay. playwriting was not a major. I think I went through phases. I thought I was going to be a painter, and then I was like, that was quickly put away. Also super unconventional for you as like a path because every South Asian girl I knew or have ever known was like, well, I was pre-med and then I worked in finance and then I became a fashion designer, whatever it is, you know, I but you're I like, gonna- no, I wanted to be a painter and I majored in, you know, fine arts and blah, blah. That's unusual. Well, I thought, I mean, I think I put that to bed, but my, the rationale in my head was like, I will, what is the thing that. I will not be able to do after I live yeah, here. Yeah, and it was yeah. kind of like, well, I can study politics, but I could read all these books outside of class. But like to have time to work on oh, an God, art, yeah, to have four years. I just feel to- like that's not something. I think one, it's it is expensive to pursue art, and especially yeah. specifically As painting, because yeah. there's overhead to that. Like you need money. Paint is massively expensive it's expensive and you need space and to support yeah, yourself until you sell stuff i mean the whole thing is it's for mostly rich it's for rich kids well i feel like what i i got that there are kids in my year that were not necessarily from that background mm-hmm. but that the people who did go on many of whom were had success yes. how are you gonna did have some yourself? kind yes. of if not financial the, if, backing if not the mm-hmm. financial privilege it was at least some kind of support from family. Like yes. emotional, yes. Yeah. like whatever it is. Support comes in more than one way. Yeah. And it How was, did your parents feel about you studying? So my parents were not happy about me studying yeah. fine art, obviously. They yeah. thought they were okay with me um, studying political science or doing right. something like something that. Practical, because they, yeah. It was at least something that could lead to something mm-hmm. else. I think my father was pretty disappointed. Mm-hmm. So he would be very excited to tell people that I went to Yale, but he would say that he, that I was still figuring things out. Yeah, right. By the they time their, I graduated, I was still figuring things yeah, out. Yeah. I was like, no, I have a major yeah. and yeah. I studied something for seriously for yeah. some time. Um, I don't know how it was in Pakistan, but in India, if someone got an arts degree, it was like a, pitiable offense well i think it's also because well the art schools have like a whole different admission system or there's like a different process but also it's just like that person's never gonna make make anything of himself because there's no way to support yourself in india that way and then how are you and also if you have dreams of leaving the country how are you gonna do that with an art degree because only science people like people majored in uh yeah only people who had like medical degrees or engineering degrees could leave right and And were recruited and were like you know it was all a thing Yeah. yeah, I think from a, from my father's perspective, it was more that he never discouraged me growing up from pursuing art or mm-hmm. writing because I was always mm-hmm. writing the whole time. I just think he always assumed that it was something I was going to do on the side. Yeah. Hobby. And yeah, it was like, yeah. I he's like, I don't think he disliked any of it. Mm-hmm. I think he actually liked that yeah, I was interested in these things. But yeah. He was like, "What's your real job? What's what, what's the day job going to be?" Right, yeah. like I want you to be safe, and yeah. secure, and right. Like, but like, was I want you to be fulfilled, but just on the yeah, side. Yeah, like, yeah mm, it was yeah. a very um, sadly stereotypical. <laughs> yeah. It's like I want you to be <laughs> yeah. an investment banker who's also a great fiction writer. Yeah. He <laughs> yeah. like you know early yeah. on, like he did read stuff I wrote, and he did he saw he my paintings. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he respected it, and he did understand yeah. that 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 yeah took work it's yeah. not just like well, i just cool. put this together it's a lot of work like i studied 
kind of doing creative work quite young, but it did take my family a very long time to understand that um, my job paid my mortgage. I remember that it wasn't until like, you know, them seeing kind of like, you know, billboards with like, I was like, yeah, it's got my name on it, that they were like, oh, okay, fine, we'll stop hassling you about kind of, you know, going to, you know, going back to finance or being in law school. For you, at what point did your parents, if they have yet, Right. Um, at what point did they say like, <laughs> oh, she's okay? I think she's for, okay. I mean, for my mother, I don't believe that she, she's a very traditional person. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she, for her, it wasn't necessarily about money. Like, I think there are some families where it is about money and it's like just about security. So I, I do revise, the point being revised is that I think part of it is also like, prestige and cultural mm-hmm. so like how does it how is it perceived culturally mm-hmm. how does um, it reflect upon us too yeah exactly how, how does yeah. what does it say about yeah. us yeah. i think that my because there was such a long time where i wasn't there was no return on investment mm-hmm. as, <laughs> as we would say yes that she was <laughs> just she was. was concerned that it wasn't a real thing and yeah. that part of it would must be that the work that i either was not working hard enough yeah or oh, the work that i was making was not good so therefore, I wasn't getting paid because that's just kind of how she would think about it. It wasn't until, honestly, when I got the writing credit on. This is so recent; it's kind mm-hmm. of sad to say this. I don't think it was until the writing credit on Rami that no, they yeah no. You so took like, a movie to so Sundance. Two weeks well, like, complicated. <laughs> I think for them. It was something they could see yeah. for, and specifically like my brother and my sister. Because I think for my mom, it's not like she's not sitting there watching Rami. But for my siblings, it was like, oh, this is the end result of a thing you did. You know, it makes sense to them. The movie is, it's different because it's like years of work. Yeah. Of, and it's, you know, the movie isn't out yet. It's not easily, you can't just watch it right right now. It will be out sometime soon. I see, it's not like in the world. And it played festivals, which again is a concept that they don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. So even when it was... It's hard telling your kind of, your your immigrant parents, it's like, I'm critically acclaimed. Like, (laughs) like, like, who? (laughs) Right, right. It's a... Yeah, it's a... I think that if they understood what those things meant, they would value it more but i yeah. think it's just so far outside of the realm of like the things that are accessible to them to my yeah. siblings i think it's a little easier now that they, yeah. they they saw the writing credit on rami that and they sense. saw that I, I worked on bojack horseman it's not out yet but mm-hmm. i think they like know that that's a thing right 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 so you grew up with like clearly a very strong sense of self like that was set apart from what your parents expected of you and a very strong aesthetic sense, which makes sense that you're directing now. I mean, the fact that you were a painter and now you're directing, that makes all the sense in the world. So there was something that Camille and I were talking about earlier, which is, I mean, do you want to bring it up? Like the, there was, I was like, what should we talk to Manal about? And she was like, the female yeah. gaze. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, That's yeah. what we need to talk about. Yeah. I just very, like, I think we're very, I mean, we're so very used to seeing women on screen through the eyes of men. And, um, I mean, again, we have, you know, many, many essays, you know, (laughs) about that. Yeah. And I was just very, very curious to kind of speak to you about how 
you approach shooting women and how you frame women and also the fact that you also shoot, you know, like, you know, with Harlow, you're shooting a woman of color and there are also kind of like technical implications to that mm-hmm. too, which is also something that maybe kind of lends like your DOP, but also that is, you know, your kind of, you know, your choice as a director. But um, yeah, I just love to, yeah, talk to you about that. The way that I approach the directing part of it is it's almost it's always connected to the writings because so far I haven't directed something that I haven't written so the in the process of writing it's always it's just so happened that everything I've written and that I've directed has had female protagonists and one of the things that I find myself doing in the process of like translating it from script to a movie is I sit down and spend a lot of time thinking about centering the experience of this person and what is their emotional state from scene to scene to scene and what is driving them. And it's like the typical thing that every director would do is to think about why or why is this person doing this and where are they in the beginning of the scene? Where are they at the end of the scene? But I think that what was the biggest thing for me when I shot the short film of Hala was that there's a sex scene in that. Mm-hmm. And I had never shot a sex scene before, and I also had never written a sex scene before. So, and you were a virgin. It, well, it was also, <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah, it was also, was, but here's I'm what, assuming. but I want to talk about this because, <laughs> yeah, I, I grew up with a lot of shame. Yes. And I think in writing it, it was also really difficult to write mm-hmm. it. So I was like, I overcame the hurdle of writing. I was like, this makes me on extremely uncomfortable uncomfortable, to write it down Mm -hmm. because it feels like I shouldn't be doing this. I feel like I'm being a voyeur. I'm like, people are going to see it. Or there was, yeah, exactly. Like, Mm -hmm. is this a purposeful scene? What is Mm -hmm. it trying to communicate? And I was doing all the acrobatics of trying to get it out because Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. was scared to direct it. Yeah. But then at a certain point, the script was locked and I was like, okay, there, this is serving a purpose and it needs to be shot. Then I was starting to work with the actress on that on the short film mm-hmm. um, Tess, and we cast her. And you know, we had talked about it ahead yeah. of time, and we had discussed it's going to be very choreographed. I did the storyboards. I showed both of the actors that are in that scene. And going in, I felt very very confident. I also wanted to make sure that I'm not sort of, you know, in the storyboarding of it, too scared to show something that, like, I just feel like is most natural and organic to that scene. Yeah. Then I got to set, and that day, the sex scene was scheduled with other things. And I was like, oh, we should just treat it like a scene. We shouldn't yeah. make this special. And I think that's important <laughs> that it's not like it has an, an, you know, a gold star next yeah. to it so that everyone's like, guys. Like, yeah. Alert. yeah. It, should, it is important that it, it's handled appropriately yeah. and like there's, people are comfortable mm-hmm. and that the way it's being shot is respectful to the actors mm-hmm. and it's been communicated ahead of time. But I realized as it was coming to shooting the sex scene, I was starting to get yeah, really, really anxious yeah. because, again, I right. grew up with a lot the of shame. Absolutely. It was extremely yeah, uncomfortable yeah. and to the point where I had to, like, extract myself. Like, it was not... We weren't in the middle of shooting. We were, like, doing a lighting setup, so mm-hmm. we had blocked it, mm-hmm. and the actors were ready, and, you know, they were getting doing the final touches, and it was, like, going to be a little bit before we shot it, and so mm-hmm. I had to take some time. I, like, walked out, and I was, like... Oh mm-hmm. my God, what am I doing? I've like convinced all these people to be here, mm-hmm. that this scene is meaningful, and I've convinced the actors that I know what I'm doing because I don't want them to be scared, that I'm yeah, scared. Yeah. I don't want this to leak into of the course, crew. Of course. And it was all going back to like the central like 
as I was growing up, like we never talked about sex. No. We, you know, sex scenes in films that I watched with my parents were like fast forward yeah, or like covered, someone coughs. covered, yeah. and then yeah. also just the feeling like you know knowing that premarital mm-hmm. sex was not permitted in our faith. All of these things, and I was like, oh my god, this is too much. I don't know if I want to do this anymore. <laughs> and yeah. then I was just like, no you have to do the things you're scared of. If yes. you don't yeah. do this, Absolutely. you're never going to grow. It was like literally a voice yeah. in my head, like, do you want to be the person who grows or you're going to be the person who's scared and runs Aww. away? And then I just had to turn back, yeah, steal myself, that. and yeah. it was so hard. It was yeah. like, I treated, it treated, it was like, we did two takes and we were done. And it was yeah. like yeah. way more painful for me than it was for them. And honestly, they probably don't know this to this day. Yeah. But afterwards, it was also hard to edit it. How it was all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Being like, where do you want to cut this? And wow. I was like, trying to maintain like, yeah. I think yeah. that this is not something we talk about because one, there's the, just the assumption that the director is comfortable mm-hmm. enough to yeah. direct. Like just, you should be yeah. comfortable enough to direct a sex scene if you wrote it also. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the process of doing all of that, it was how do I center the female experience in in this yeah. scene? Because she's the protagonist. So she's it's like her emotion is leading the scene. How do we make sure that we're staying with her, mm-hmm. not cutting away in a moment where we feel uncomfortable? Yeah. Yeah. Because I realized mm-hmm. in the editing of it, the places where I was starting to feel uncomfortable were the moments where, oh, like I'm scared of my own sexuality. Yeah. Like I don't want to see this because I have always been told this that and the other about sex and also when i see this scene in movies this is the part where they cut away and i'm like i was like fighting it like (laughs) no stay stay in the the moment moment. stay and it was we also like stay on her pleasure Mm -hmm. and not make it like an extremely uncomfortable like horrible experience like there's parts pleasure and there's parts disappointment and there's parts anger and there's parts sadness and it's all like in a pot and, and that's what an honest sex sexual yeah. experience feels like as yeah. a woman, especially as a teenage woman. Yeah, and I think I was largely like informed by a lot of female filmmakers. So like yeah. my references mm-hmm. were not mostly male directors. Right. Like I drew from, you know, Lynn Ramsey and mm-hmm. Andrea Arnold and Celine Sciamma. And like, so my, you know, where I was coming from was not from like I wasn't drawing from those yeah. places right. anyway. And they're women like and they are women directors who have directed written and directed scenes of um you know uh, women's sexual experiences that are could never be um could never have come from men. I do remember the um oh, is Andrea's um um, an American is honey. it American honey yeah. the moment where she removes like she, she takes out her tampon yeah and it's a it's a moment that is so jarring and you realize it's like I've never seen a tampon you you know like even you but know I've mentioned seen, in a <laughs> in a, like on screen and yeah, especially yeah. in a sex scene but the relatability of that kind of moment of like desire being so high for her to remove it was, I mean, just an incredibly kind of special moment. And I think that is, again, those are not moments that you see from like, um, from scenes directed by male directors. We usually talk a little bit about a beauty of the week where we shine a spotlight on a lady 
or just people that we think have done wonderful progressive things in the last week? Is there anyone you would like to recommend? Someone who has done things of note of the la- in the in within the last, the last week. whenever it could and, be your and, mother, it could be someone in the yeah. news, it could be. And you sometimes know. it's just a hot person. Sometimes <laughs> just a remarkably hot. Sometimes person. it's just your barista. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's my kid. Yeah. It's my kid. It's my kids a lot, honestly. Well, I think there's. I don't know that she's in the news cycle, but I've been watching um, Euphoria. Oh, yeah. And the actress Hunter Schaefer mm. is a trans woman mm-hmm. who is also an activist mm-hmm. and was part, one of the plaintiffs in, the, in a bill that oh, was yeah. proposed in Congress mm-hmm. about basically... The, it was like the, the bathroom bill. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I've been watching Euphoria just like because a lot of people have recommended it to me and I think it's incredible to watch something where the character's arc is not necessarily like specifically about the trauma of her identity. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's not just let's talk about... That is a quote to end all quotes. And I love how... This act, this actress can have this kind of role now. What was your video of the week? Uh, Greta Thunberg. Uh, oh my goodness! Sixteen-year-old environmental activist who is mm-hmm. just shaming adults across the nation. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love to see it. I love a teenager <laughs> love to who see embarrasses <laughs> grown people <laughs> in Lynn, public. It's amazing. She also just has a really good like grimace. Like she just has like a really good meme scowl. Like her face is so memeable. That she just scowls at adults and it's just like, really? You're really going to kill us all? Really? That's what Why we're going to do? What, what is this is so dumb? Why are you being so dumb? But I love her. She's doing <laughs> great things. And she's also very good at the internet. Um, and, she is um, very yeah. good at the internet. I yeah. love her face, man. Yeah. She's just she what... A great little face. Yeah. You just wish that basically all children would start Guys, this. Yeah. No, wait, hold on, hold on. You want to hear her whole name? It's very long. And Do you want to hear the whole name? Yeah. What is it? Greta Tintin Eleonora Ernman Thunberg. Wow, that's wonderful. It's epic. Greta Tintin. Yeah. My Beauty of the Week is this podcast called Teenager Therapy. Have you heard of it? No, no. I have not. It's a, it's, I'm not even going to say adorable because that's condescending. It is a podcast started by three, I don't know where they are, three, and they, their names are, I don't know what their names are, but there are three teenagers of color, I think across the gender spectrum, a, a, a seem, I don't know, I, I mean, there's like a girl who I think identifies as a woman and then two present as, as men, but I'm not, whatever it is, there's three teenagers, we don't need to talk about gender, um, and um. The podcast is called Teenager Therapy, and the subtitle is Because We Have Problems Too. And it Mm -hmm. is a dream. It really, they just like walk through in real time, like how stressful the exams are, like how hard it is to be a kid in a world that is telling them that the world is ending and there are no jobs and there, you know, these kinds of things. And they're just, they're so bright and they're so optimistic, but they're such realists. And it's just really. A yeah. pleasure to listen to, and I think I would assume they have like I. It was um, it was who had mentioned it was mentioned on like the Forever Thirty Five podcast, mm. so I listened to it. But um, it's really special, and I feel I like people, it. anyone who has kids, first of all, should definitely be listening to it, and especially kids who are like preteens because this is what's coming down the pike. Yeah. <laughs> but they have they're so smart, and they have such real 
articulate things to say about like the real problems they're yeah. facing. I think yeah. people are so dismissive of young people and I'm like yeah. a million, I'm a millennial lover for yeah. one because I'm like baby boomers ruined everything. They ruined everything. Someone had a great tweet about it. I'll do it fine. It's like uh, baby boomers basically like left like one piece of toilet paper on the toilet roll and yeah. <laughs> the that's um, amazing yeah and then they're like you smell yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> like uh yeah no fucking shit it's very <laughs> I spend, in shit. um i spend a lot of time on tiktok and um TikTok uh, just getting to just love the teens but these you know it's a lot of teens, teens talking about making incredible hilarious content about how sad and depressed and traumatized they yeah, are. Yeah, it's really depressing. Yeah. It really, but also creating this really it's great art. Time. But it was like, teens are really going through it. But again, kind of, then you go to the comments in TikTok and it is so deeply supportive and the language that um like the gen z kids are using between each other to like heal each other through a lot of this stuff is so you know you know they are tens of thousands of dollars on therapy ahead yeah. of, yeah. um, yeah. Also, anyone older than yeah. them is like, yeah, you yeah. suck. And yeah. <laughs> they only have each other exactly. and, and me, yeah. but yeah. like, they don't yeah. know how to find me. They definitely have you. <laughs> I yeah. love teenagers. I love anyone younger than me. They've inherited a mess and I'm here for you and whatever you need. Call me. Whatever okay. you need. Call, call her. Call her. Like, like DM me. Yeah. It's fine. Um, next we play a game called Rose, Bud and Thorn. Where we talk about our beauty or wellness highlights, um, our beauty lowlights, and then something we're looking forward to. A beauty highlight for me is, guys, I know I can't stop talking about this, but my hair is growing back. Yay! Yay. Guys, back. if you've been following along, this has been a saga. And I'm so little bangs. This I mean, they oh look insane. They look insane. They're so weirdly embarrassing. I don't know how to like tuck them away. But um, but my hair is growing back. They're I'm so, so excited cute. about it. This is they're gray mostly. By the way, like the two, they're I gray, sent, but I they're posted here. a picture. Yeah, I posted a picture of my daughter on on my our secret Instagram, and I was like, "What? <laughs> Which, did by I the do? way, I only got to know about today. How? We've been friends for oh, a very I long a time. Story and maybe you had a yeah, story. and I'm I was sorry. just like, "What is I'm the sorry. secret? I'm so sorry. The betrayal. I had posted a story <laughs> saying, "If you want to move over, move yeah. over." <laughs> Um, and you might have missed it because you were real busy with your wedding. But point being, secret Instagram, posted a picture of the baby going, what did I do to deserve, to deserve this child? And Camilla responded, lost all of your hair. And, and, oh, and, and, and it was, and it was totally worth it. Um, my friend Jenny responded, did not sleep for five years. Yeah. Also true. <laughs> did not sleep. So the hair is growing back. I'm super, super excited about that. A thorn. There are so many. Once I started looking, oh it was like all yeah. thorns. Oh, my God. Um, I'm going to talk about, you know, I was reading about Barney's financial distress. The like the, the department store. Right. Yeah. They're probably, not Barney the dinosaur. He's yes, doing no. fine. Yeah. Well, him, <laughs> He's a residual like, checks up the ass. He's fine. But Barney's the department store is is in some financial distress. Oh, no. And I can't say I was like excited to hear that because like it's sad when any company is in trouble. But but I did notice that earlier this year was the first time that they have ever thought to um, carry women of color beauty lines. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it was like a little bit now knowing that they're in trouble. Yeah. I was like, oh, that was their last ditch. Yeah. Right. And when yeah. you read... Um, sort of like financial analysts assessments of what went wrong there. They keep talking about 
how Barney's kept expanding without widening customer appeal. Which means they were like, let's just keep catering to rich white people and not branching out to the people who are actually buying stuff. And also Barney's is, and you know, it's someone who spent a lot of money there over the years, but is a particular type of department store that caters to a rich white customer and yet very much likes to um, hire very attractive people of color to be on the shop floor because this kind of, you know, trafficking in the, you know, exoticism of like, you know, these kind of like cool, fun, you know. The impression of being woke. Yeah. Um, Or no, just the impression of being hot. That's it. Being hot and yeah. cool, but and they can't buy the, makeup at the store. So yeah, them. because yeah. it's not for them. It is yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. would you like to be like safely near people of color who yeah, are kind yeah. of cool <laughs> and just extract what you need yeah. and then leave? Yeah, that is very much the Barney's experience. I know all the headlines I read today were like, "Can it be saved?" And I was like, yeah. "Should it?" My 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 bud, which is the thing I'm looking forward to, is I'm going on vacation. <gasps> Where? What Pre doesn't know is that I'm also coming on vacation with. We have an extra room. You're all welcome. You're all welcome to share it. We're going away to Hawaii for three three weeks. Um, Pre holiday is like a European, which is why we're friends. I do. I do. Three weeks is American. Ten days away (laughs) for a year. We go away for a month. That is what we do. It's at least two weeks, but really three weeks. It's always it's always at least it's become three weeks. A couple years ago, we took a month. Mm -hmm. That was the best. But the like, Italy what trip, which was for what is literally the point if we're not going on holiday we're all, all the time. Yeah. We're all mostly in charge of our schedule. Yeah. Unless you're in a room, you're in a room. Yeah. You can't do anything about that. <laughs> There's no. But, but even when you're in a room, a you're off for like two months. Yeah, yeah. I had a whole conversation with my husband, being like, "Why do we? Why are we freelance if we can't just go away for a month?" And then you know, we've been together yeah. eleven years, and that's how long maybe it took to yeah wear him really, down. But now he's like, "We can only go away for three weeks." I'm so sorry, and I'm like, "You should be." No, it's great. I'm super excited. I'm going to come back. So relaxed. We've hired um, uh, a sitter while we're while we're there to hop out a few days, so that I can like. There's like a point every day where I just hit a wall with the kid. I love them. They have so much more energy than I do, and there's two of them. Mm. So by two, I'm exhausted, and I need a nap. So there's literally someone to come hang out so i can take a nap amazing and then like run back into the also that that should just be part of your daily existence i think so a nap nanny i think but for your nap parents man we're old parents we're tired Um, so that's mine um my uh beauty villain of the week or my thorn of the week i can't even remember this woman's name and actually it's perfect because why send to her um (laughs) this (laughs) this That's this, the most you're brutal. Right. You're right. Are you talking this, about the... This crazy yeah. white woman who basically thinks that she invented silk bonnets. We're not oh, going to yeah. mention her. her name. We're not going to mention. Basically, uh, some crazy blonde lady basically decided that Canadian. she had in... Oh, God, she was Canadian? Yeah, oh, they're God. nicer than that. That's disappointing. Yeah, it really is. Basically, feels that she invented, um, uh, you know, silk bonnets for sleeping in, which, if you don't know, is something that, you know, um, black women have been using since, I don't know, the dawn of time to... Since silk. <laughs> since silk. <laughs> Literally. Like 2,000 years. Yeah. Silk yeah. worms were created, <laughs> and then black women said, "Cool, wrap my hair in that so that my edges don't break." And silk bonnets, I believe, you can usually buy these in Black Beauty hair care stores or yeah. in, you know, on Amazon for, um, let's see, seven dollars. This woman has the audacity. <laughs> 
to be charging $90, $90. for a gentrified <laughs> silk bonnet. For, which for people who don't need them. Don't, yeah, well, like, I do think that silk bonnets are actually great for any for texture everyone. of hair that you have. It really does prevent breakup, like I've, hair breakage. And if I've you heard a silk pillowcase is great for wrinkles. Exactly. So I do use a silk pillowcase. I use oh. that because I, um, you know, A, it's again, great for your face. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and also then great for your hair without having to wrap anything. But mm-hmm. again, these, um, there is a gentrified version, which you can, again, buy at Barney's, which That's is $150 called Same. Slip. Or you can go on Amazon and get a pair of two yeah. for $20 Absolutely. and an array of beautiful colors. So my rose was a fantastic beauty treatment that I did whilst I was in London. Um, it's a place called Face Gym. Mm, and I've heard of this place and I hear it's yeah. great. It's a very... It's not a pleasurable experience at all. <laughs> I will tell you this. Um, it's a it's a facial that basically just kind of like works out the muscles in your face and stimulates them so that they're just doing their business. And <laughs> it's very, very odd. So it's a very strenuous facial massage. Some of it is done with hand. Some of it is done with a little rubber ball. And then another part is done with a very intense kind of like ems um like electrical uh, pulsing um device wow and the night and day difference after this facial just in the actual shape of my face suddenly my muscles were taught and i was like oh these are some new angles Hmm. haven't seen these for a while (laughs) um highly highly recommend and you can actually buy one of the devices that exorbitantly expensive it's like $450 I have not yet purchased one Um, but there's also a face gym that's coming to Los Angeles soon so I will be going there if we had any sense we would just buy one and rent it out that's damn it let's do that we have some sense let's do do that I think something I'm looking forward to is just like, oh, one of my dearest friends who I have not seen for a very long time is coming to stay and she is bringing my goddaughter to come with her and they're going to come and stay for the weekend. We're going to hang out and um, have a long time. Swim in the pool. Little baby bathing suits. Um, And she gave my goddaughter my name as her middle name, which is the fastest way to... so sweet. So sweet. Yes. I just... I love it. She owns you now. (laughs) Love it forever. (laughs) Seriously. Forever. But it's also now I understand... just drop her off and disappear. Completely. But now I understand why men love putting their names on everything. <laughs> it feels amazing. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> hmm. Well, yeah. Yeah. My daughter's middle name is my is my surname. There you go. And I love it. Yes. Yeah. So beauty highlight, low light, yeah, and rose are yeah. just, you know. Light. Okay, so highlight rose. was I actually yes. tried these really cool. I mean, this is sorry, this is a product placement, but it's yeah, really but great. I got sent these um lipsticks from High Wild Flower. <gasps> How funny we were that's just a, talking about her today. Yeah. That's um a, and what is her, what's her phone? We emailed ta- she Tanice. Ten, Tanice. Yeah. yeah, I got two colors and one of them one of them is a beautiful red and it looks what's amazing. it called do you know I, we'll ugh, find out from you i Just don't like know email but me the after. other one yeah is looks shockingly good on me and i'm not a i don't wear lipstick usually. yeah it's, it's a color called mala mm. and mala. it's it looks amazing on brown skin her website yeah. is so cool it's, it's all brown black like asian right. yeah like everyone every color like i I never, I never branch out. And when we were in touch on email, I was like, she was like, what color, what would you like? And I was like, send me. And I was like, here's a picture of us. Yeah. Send us (laughs) anything you want. How it happened was I just saw her on Twitter and Mm -hmm. I looked, I, I clicked on it and I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, these colors look amazing. Yeah. And 
I was obviously like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. As I just said. And she yeah. <laughs> was like, let me send you I'll something. Send you some and stuff. I, yeah. I think I'm, I'm a fan now. She I'm a seems fan like of a lovely flower. lady. Yeah. Well, all my friends in New York all like wear it. And by my friend, um, so Swati. This is a thing. This is, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like my a friend phenomenon. Swati owns this very cool boutique in Brooklyn called Boomkey, and it's all like, um, like ethical kind of like clothing so, yeah. from around the world. She's awesome, and um, she sells high wild, high wildflower. The packaging mm-hmm. is beautiful. The stuff is beautiful. And then my friend Emma Straub um, is friends with her and always wears it. And she's a white lady. Wow, a lovely white lady. They're, and they're great. They're re- they go right. on really well, nice. And the colors are very it. rich and pigmented. Mm-hmm. Important and. I think they just specific, I don't know what it is, but I think she just chose shades that look good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're not like, is this too pink? Totally. Wrong. And there's like, there's the, the undertones are always wrong when you go yeah, out by, yeah. the, by the things. But like Fenty's amazing, but it's nice to have like a small batch kind of like. Yeah, I really like it. Yeah. who's making makeup. Yeah. That's pretty um, cool. We love to see it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's also this artist who I met on Twitter as well who... Yeah is an incredible illustrator. Her name is an artist and illustrator. Her name is Sana Masood. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, I she's, follow her. She's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's she, beautiful. Yeah. There's, there's this incredible mm-hmm. drawing that she did and I was like, I loved it. And I was like, can I pay you to send me a shirt with it? Like with mm-hmm. this design on it? And she, it came in my mailbox and I tried it on and it, I looked yeah. so hip. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> and I haven't yet taken a picture of myself with it, but I, I want to because I want to promote her work because she's yeah. super send talented. Us, um, send us her like stuff. I'll like send you I'm, links. Send yeah, yeah. Links send me stuff. links so we can um, we can link to her. Anything you're grumpy about? You know, you know, I think that the thorn is that my new my new relationship with Twitter, which I mourn. Um, your I, new relationship with My her? new relationship with Twitter. Uh-huh. I mourned the old relationship, which was very much, like, open and, like, engaged. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, I talked to people. And I felt mm-hmm. very much like I was not worried so much about what I was saying having right. any meaning. Like, right. I mean, it meant something to the people I'm talking to, but it doesn't have any meaning. No. But recently, mm. I think that I felt like there is... I feel like I have to withdraw a little oh, bit. Yeah. I yeah. withdraw. You're a public figure. Not yeah. just social, like, oh, yeah. it's taking up too much of my time. Mm-hmm, but literally, yeah. like, the things I could say yeah. could end up in an article, yeah. and I don't want to be quoted yeah, yeah, yeah. as Absolutely. saying something that I was saying to a friend yes. or, like, exactly. yeah. is a Or joking comment, around. Yeah. A joke or, yeah. or a comment. And, it's, and so, yeah. it's taken out of context, and it makes you look like, well, one, it's like the expectation is you have to be a perfect human being on, yes. on Twitter. Yes. But yes. also just... Not everything is newsworthy, yes. and I I think it was one tweet ended up in a Variety article, and I was like, oh I'm god, done. no! Like I yeah. just I was done. Yeah. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I yeah. don't want my things yeah. to ever end up anywhere. Yeah. So I just like deleted everything. It's also <laughs> like a matter of safety. Also, I had yeah. a this happened the other day as we're talking about it. Um, uh, an article came out in an advertising magazine that basically had Nigel Farage on the cover, and it was kind of lionizing him, and I. Um, wrote a very very tweet that was basically just like this is disgusting like a woman (laughs) died because of his brand build that they were kind of lionizing and then you know forgot about it and um, Mm. the the magazine themselves had actually apologized for putting him on the cover then a couple of days later I got a google alert and my name and uh, the tweet that I'd written had basically been used by some 
kind of weird red pill uh, like blog that was it was just very very odd and it was just kind of out of context and I was just kind of talking about just like these leftist liberals blah blah, blah <laughs> invoking this like you know the death of you know no, this woman and blah 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 terrible. and suddenly my mentions yeah. I had some really obscene Nasty, people yeah. in my mentions saying some really crazy yeah. shit and I was like oh this is what I wanted the first hour of my day and um yeah it's a very yeah it's a very odd experience to be then having because again you use I've always used kind of Twitter as again a space to chat with my friends and just kind of like to meet people yeah and Um, also be a place to connect with women of color because Mm -hmm. it's how we that's That's what I mourn now is that now I'm less accessible necessarily because I can't just yeah talk in the way yeah. that I used to talk no yeah and I encourage people to DM me but yeah. it's not the same like you yeah. know how sometimes you stumble yeah. onto a conversation on Twitter and you've learned something yeah, like, yeah. Oh, that was great yeah you you can't get that yeah. if people aren't talking publicly no. so it was I think for, specifically for women of color because a couple of my filmmaker friends uh all, all women of color have said that it is truly specifically for them. Twitter has become a very difficult place to express any kind of honesty about Anything. their work, mm-hmm. the kind their experiences, because Twitter. everything is politicized and yeah. made in such a way that they can't really be honest. And it, I think there's like my friend, you know, my friends, black female filmmakers are like, you can't say anything. Yeah. You can't yeah. say anything cannot, without yeah. real, it being real. taken in the wrong way. And, for people to perceive you as ungrateful or whiny mm-hmm. or like basically anything other than just posting about your work yeah. and saying, Hey, watch my film, which yeah. now my Twitter has it's, become, it's yeah. unfortunate because yeah. if you express any sort yeah. of opinion or personality, it yeah. gets to Used be shedded. A workaround <laughs> to that. Is, well, there are a couple of workarounds. One, um, a friend of mine, she uses an automatic tweet deleter. So that basically deletes all of her tweets after a certain time period. Oh, that's And smart. you can kind of set it to something. Some people like oh, delete after like that. a year. Yeah. Some do it for like, you know, a couple Nine of months. hours, which yeah. is great. Um, and then another thing, you know, like, the group text the yeah, group text is like that. generally just like savior of, yeah WhatsApp, and i just yeah. like i love a slide into the dms when someone says something like mildly spicy <laughs> and, <laughs> and I, I don't respond i'm like this is going <laughs> in the dms <laughs> i'm like are we talking about the same person like yes we all go <laughs> this yeah. is trash you know i've had episodes of television that i've written that haven't been um that have angered some white supremacists and then had them tweet my home address to me <gasps> and that's that, um and that's a horrifying space it's to kind of be in and I, so yeah to that point like sometimes being a part of projects where the demographic or target audience is yeah. primarily men like with in the specific case of bojack yeah. or dune is a science fiction yeah. you know it's yeah. there are male fans and so and they're aggressive male fans yeah. well it's just you know with anything you have to as when people find out that you're part of it which i'm very proud of mm-hmm. like i'm like i'm really excited yeah. to be a part of this but yeah. i'm also like you know cautious Terrified. of making yeah. sure that the interactions with people have to be in a certain way because they this is a thing that they've trusted you with mm-hmm. which is a whole separate conversation of like mm-hmm. fandom yeah. but yeah, it yeah. is um i think that women of color get targeted and it's yeah. like an awful yeah. Like, you can't just... There was someone that was tweeting about how Ryan Johnson and a couple of other white male filmmakers talk about craft on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I would love to talk about craft. Wouldn't that be but nice? I feel like it's really hard 
to you can't. be a personality. You yeah. can't express your personality without someone coming into your mentions and destroying everything, blowing mm. everything up. What's your bud? Um, I'm really looking forward to... This is kind of... Maybe it's a lame thing to say out loud, but I'm really <laughs> looking forward to taking the film holla to more festivals and yeah. sharing it with people because how is that lame how is that lame I mean, to be looking like forward to sharing the thing that you labored so over unfortunately female to be like sorry but <laughs> i'm excited about my film that i made <laughs> I'm sorry sorry about my film sorry i made a film um thank you guys for raising me <laughs> appropriately <laughs> sorry guys i made a film do um, we not just talk about putting your names on buildings it feels great <laughs> i love yeah i love the well what changed my mind about it was i when we when my beauty of the week was my baby two weeks ago so talk about lame whatever i made that baby you made that movie keep talking about it i uh i was in sicily with the film in tormina in tormina and it was the first it was the first time i'd ever been to europe by the way Never been to Europe before. First time. Tarmina's beautiful. It was incredible. It was beautiful. It was like yeah, life changing. I love it. And to get to Europe, to I go to Europe for your Italian, very first way, time. Oh, useless, so this is useless major. And to get to go to Europe for the very first time because of something that yeah, you created. Incredible. It was incredible. So much fun. Yeah. Incredible. And I realized, like, at the festival, the film, I mean, I obviously, like, this is something one should know before you go into the screening of your movie, but when I saw the Italian subtitles, it was, like, the first time it hit me that people all over the world are going to experience the movie, and it, I was... Well, just I'm sat cry. Through, it was just like, wait, guys, there's Italian not just for me. <laughs> it was Aww. so... Um, I mean, I know that we... This is. The, it was also the first time we screened it overseas. So yeah. Like, to put some context there, but it was very surprising to be in the audience and still hear some people laugh at a thing that I thought like why would they get this no, and it's also amazing, it's like no? subtitles upon subtitles yeah. because they're speaking yeah. another language in the mm-hmm. movie and they're speaking English yeah. and there's Arabic and mm-hmm. it's an Italian subtitle so it was just like the fact that people like how is this working that's amazing well, that's a pretty good everything. Yeah. Um, anything you want to plug Bojack anything. will be coming Bojack. Point, I wrote on Bojack. Yeah, um, Rami's already thrilling. Out of Rami is watch it. amazing. And then I'm working on Dune, which is a lot. You know, watch Dune when it comes when out. It, watch when, Hala. Yeah, travel to the yeah. festival. Hala's coming out this fall. Um, thrilling. Dates to be D, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I am accessible via Twitter, but mostly in the DMs now. Yeah. <laughs> so D- anyone DM yeah. her? Not so slide much. In. Only with yeah, slide only into with the positive DMs. things. Yeah. But congrats and thank you for joining us so much. It's thank been a pleasure. you for Powered by ACAS. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.